The Buffalo Sabres are in a playoff spot. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We got a bonus episode for you today because we got to. The Sabres are in a playoff spot on February 24th for the first time in 12 years. 13 years, excuse me. 2010 was the last time that has happened. A 3-1 to win over the Florida Panthers. It was thrilling. Tons of great moments. We'll go through it all. And also... We have a trade rumor involving the Sabres and a goaltender. So stay tuned for that because I want to dive deep on this goalie that the Sabres, according to a very credible reporter, are in on. And this is a goalie that is going to get traded. So stay tuned for that. We'll do that in the second segment of today's show after we talk more about this win over the Panthers. Um, And then a quick preview of Sabres and Capitals, which is a – Going to be a day game on Sunday, 1 o'clock puck drop against the team that is below the Sabres or tied for the Sabres in the standings, but technically below them right now. But the important thing to mention right off the top here, it was the cold open for today's show. I'll put it up on our YouTube channel. You can check us out on YouTube. Just go to the YouTube. You can search Lockdown Sabres where you can watch the show. And there it is in all its glory, the playoff standings in the NHL, and the Sabres are in a spot. Three points behind the Islanders, who, by the way, lost on Friday night to the LA Kings in regulation. So good news on that front. They're only three points behind the Islanders with five games at hand, but the Sabres are in the spot. There are four teams at 64 points. I recorded this episode just in time. Pittsburgh is in action against St. Louis. It's 1-1 at time of recording. Hopefully St. Louis pulls that one out because by the time you're listening to this, it's possible the Sabres are not in a spot. But right now, we're calling it. They're, they're in a spot at this very moment in time. 64 points in 57 games after their first win in Florida in three and a half years. They have not won there since the 2019-20 season. They won it in November of 2019. The last time the Sabres won in Florida, Jimmy VC, I believe, scored a goal in that game. That can tell you how long it has been. Um, but the Sabres are in a spot. Celebrate for now. This is a meaningful season, a playoff race, and they are looking good in the playoff race at this very moment in time. A lot of the teams behind them are not looking good. They have games in hand on people. And Florida, man, that's a huge win. Four-point swing. I've been telling you for the entire season, I think Florida will figure things out. They're too talented not to, and I thought all year they are going to get into a spot. That's the team. Of all of them, even more so than Washington, more than Pittsburgh, more than Detroit, more than the Islanders, Florida to me was the team that you, if you're going to beat anybody in regulation, head to head, it's that team. That is huge because now the Sabres are tied with the Panthers in points, but the Sabres have four games in hand. So anything they get in those four games will be what they are ahead of Florida. So a great game. You know what? Sabres were a little outplayed. I'll say it. They were outshot in this game 51 to 36. 
Now, a lot of Florida's shots came from the wall, came from the point, second period especially. The the Panthers had 16 shots in the second. And how many of those did you see Craig Anderson just, up quick, soft glove save, and he hangs on to it. No threat whatsoever. Now, they weren't all easy. Anderson, we'll get to him in a second. Down the stretch, man, some huge saves. And it, the Flor- Florida did get their chances, especially late in that game. But I would say it's the second game in a row. Back-to-back wins at Tampa, at Florida. What a result to get the Sabres into this spot against two teams that they never win. I just mentioned they haven't won in Florida since 2019. They haven't won in Tampa since 2018. They've won in Tampa since Jason Pominville was on the team. And Casey Nelson, Nick Baptiste, go look at that roster. I tweeted it out. It's amazing. Um, what an unlikely two wins to get in this race. And both games, the Sabres were outshot. And I think you could say, yeah, they were outplayed. They weren't dominated, but they were outplayed. So what got them over the hump? Now, Tampa, it was just goal scoring. They got to six, and that really did it. Friday, it was a combination of two things. One, they got a hot goalie, which has been so rare all year. Craig Anderson. We'll get to him in a second. Their top line capitalized on their opportunities in both games, but especially against Florida. Alex Tuck on the power play, the quick whip around, and then Jeff Skinner, two goals, and Tage Thompson had a hat trick of assists. He would have had a fourth assist if it didn't get called back the Henry Oki Haru goal, which would have counted had Alex Tuck's skate been three inches further back to the blue line. Thompson was dominant in this game as a playmaker. Skinner was hovering around the net all night, creating chances. Um, he almost had a, another goal on a shorthand opportunity on the power play. Could have very easily had a hat trick. Skinner was great. He got goals number 23 and 24 on the season as he is now only five points away from his career high in points. So the top line capitalizing on their opportunities combined with a hot goaltender. And you know what? Rasmus Dahlin, I said I thought Thursday might have been his best game of the season. Friday might have been his best game of the season. He was dominant in that game. And he drew another penalty, right? Uh, This one's a little different. Maybe Carter Verhage cross-checks him in the back into the crossbar, but the Sabres, listen, back-to-back games, the Sabres have restrained themselves from going after someone who had a scummy hit on Rasmus Dahlin, and I'm sure all the, the tough guy fans out there, and I'll say it, I'm not one of them, probably wanted someone to go after those guys in the moment. Instead, the Sabres didn't. They took the power play, and they immediately scored after. Tuck scores on the power play immediately after Darlene gets drilled from behind. And by the way, Owen Power goes out there to fill in for Darlene. He went back to the room for a a minute after that hit. Owen Power with the – just he is computing the game so fast. And to be doing it as a rookie, he is going to be a top five defenseman for a decade. This guy – is mentally understanding the game quicker than guys that you've seen play in the league for 10 years. He is at the point on this power play, and Florida is very aggressive on the penalty kill. They pressure you. They want you to turn the puck over. They're trying to force turnovers. They're trying to force you to pass the puck to the middle. 
and not go to the walls because they're right on the walls. So what happens? Thompson, Power, and Olsen. They play with the puck, one, two, three. Power with that little touch direct pass to Thompson, cross to Olsen, back to Power. And Power is being pressured there. Florida is daring him to put the puck back to Thompson or put the puck back to back to Olsen. Because you know what? That's where these guys are taught to go with the puck. Don't move the puck up the middle because that's how you turn it over. And that's how they either get an odd man rush back the other way or they get a breakaway or they just clear it out. Defensemen are taught not to put the puck in the middle of the ice like that. But power is thinking the game so quick, even as a rookie, that he knows he's able to understand in that, what is it, three-tenths of a second that he has to decide what to do with the puck. In that three-tenths of a second, He's understood they're pressing Thompson. They're pressing Olofsson. They want me to go to the wall. I'm just going to put this soft pass into the middle. He doesn't gun it. He just, let me just lay this puck to the high slot right in the middle. And Alex Tuck is standing there. And when he gets the pass, because of how Power gave it to him and because he drew his guy in and because the other guys were occupied on the wings, Alex Tuck has got, all the time in the world to decide what to do with that puck. And he turns around and he rips it for a goal power. It's such a small play. It's such an under the radar play that is going to go unnoticed 99% of the time. But I noticed it in this instance, that is power thinking the game. And that is why he is going to be a star defenseman. Little plays like that, that are going to not make the highlight reel, but are going to create goals uh, in that moment. So everyone played great. Yeah, they got outshot, but I thought it was a strong performance from the Sabres to win 3-1. Our goathead of the night, our MVP of the night, of course, goes to Craig Anderson. Old man Craig, the oldest player to ever have a 50-save win in the NHL at 41 years old. Unreal. 51 saves on 52 shots, including a pad stack. Save of the year, if you ask me. Save of the year. I Maybe there's a save in a bigger moment or whatnot, but... For him to decide to stack the pads on a guy that's at the slot, like he's between the faceoff circles still, when Anderson decides to stack the pads, I, I have to believe he caught Wenberg or um, Womberg completely off guard by stacking the pads, and it completely worked. Turn back the clock. It's like a band taking out their old record and blowing the or a listener or a, a, a music fan. Let me dig out this old record. This guy blow off all the dust on it. Craig Anderson pulling that one out of the 1996 playbook. Unreal. He, by the way, Craig Anderson is now up to a 920 save percentage on the season. That is the sixth best save percentage in the NHL. The only goaltenders with a better save percentage this season than Craig Anderson with a minimum of like 10 games played. Linus Allmark. Philip Gustafson of the Minnesota Wild, Jake Ottinger of the Stars, Ilya Sorokin of the Islanders, and Connor Hellebuck of the Jets. That's it. Anderson is a higher save percentage than every other goalie in the NHL this season. He, by the way, advanced numbers. He is eighth now in the NHL in goals saved above expected per 60 minutes. Eighth in the league. He is 15th in the league in war. Wins above replacement. You wish he could play more, but... You'll take what you could get. And what I think would be smart to do the rest of the way, and I think Granado may have done it right here, you play Anderson 
in your most important games. Depending what they do with the deadline, we'll talk more about this goalie that the Sabres are rumored to be interested in in a second. But if they don't do anything, the game, the guy you play, maybe even if they do something, when you have your biggest games, that's when Anderson plays. When you play Columbus on Tuesday night, don't play. Don't play Craig Anderson. But when you play Florida on a Friday night, that's when you play Craig Anderson. If you play Detroit, that's when you play Craig Anderson. But if you play Montreal, you go with somebody else. I think the selection of when to use Craig Anderson is going to be very important going forward. Um, because undoubtedly, it's not even close. It is a blowout. He is the best Sabres goaltender all year, and he's absolutely their best goaltender right now. He wins our MVP, goat head of the night uh, for Buffalo. When we come back, Cam Talbot. Are the Sabres going to swing for Cam Talbot? We'll tell you what the rumor is, or the report, I should even say, as Mike graduate above a rumor, what that would mean, how good is he, how much of an upgrade is he? We'll go through it all when we come back on the Lockdown Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase. We're brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, midway point of the NBA season. We're almost at the trade deadline for the NHL, which means it's the home stretch on the way to the playoffs. It's the perfect time to download FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Safe, secure, super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drain. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Joe DiBiase back on the Locked On Sabres podcast. We have a trade rumor involving the Buffalo Sabres. All right, what do we have here? Andy Strickland. Andy Strickland of um, 590 The Fan uh, in St. Louis. He is a reporter for the Blues, but if you are on Sabres Twitter enough, you'll know that Andy is is always plugged in nationally. He'll have national reports a lot. And what he tweeted on Saturday afternoon, quote, goaltender Cam Talbot is likely on the move, dot, 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 Vegas, comma, L.A., comma, Buffalo, recently turned down an extension from Ottawa. That is the report from Andy Strickland that Cam Talbot, starting goaltender for the Ottawa Senators, has turned down a contract extension from the Senators, and he is um, he is likely to be on the move. And the three teams he mentioned were the Golden Knights, the Kings, and the Sabres. Now, what you might be asking immediately is, is Talbot an upgrade? And before actually, actually, before I even do that, just the idea that the Sabres would be interested in a goalie. They'd be willing to do it. I'm impressed. I'm very impressed they're even in the market. I think it's a good idea. I've made the case a couple of times this week, both on this podcast and on WGR, why it makes sense. Why it would make sense for the Sabres to reward their group by making sure goaltending is, or at least not even making sure, but efforting to make sure that goaltender is not going to sink them. That it's not going to be the reason why they don't end up making the playoffs. So, 
Talbot. What do we got? How much of an upgrade is he? Well, he has the fourth best quality start percentage of any goalie in the league this year. 69.3% of his starts are considered quality starts. By the way, quality starts, if you're wondering, it was a stat developed by Rob Volman, um, big hockey analytics guy. He wrote the book Hockey Abstract. And a quality start is a, a, a start that you have a safe percentage above the league average. So Talbot, 69.2% of the time. That's the fourth best percentage in hockey. The only goalies better, Linus Allmark, Linus Allmark, Connor Hellebuck, and Philip Gustafson. Now, his other numbers don't look too hot. He's an upgrade. How much of one? Maybe only modest. The quality start percentage is big because you know what? Consistency is something that is important. And if he's being consistent in 70% of his games, that that is drastically higher than the other guys. Because while he is fourth in the league in quality start percentage, Ukapeka Lukanen is 57th, and Eric Comrie is 68th. 68th, by the way, is the fourth lowest in hockey. Now, goal saved above expected. 39th for Cam Talbot. Okay, out of 71, middle of the road. Not great, but it is an upgrade. He's 39th, Lukanen is 51st, and Comrie is 60th. How about wins above replacement? Another advanced stat. You've got uh, Talbot at 40th out of 71. You've got Lukanen at 51st again, and you've got Comrie at 56th. So, Here's where the logic lies for me. Undoubtedly, Craig Anderson's your best goaltender. Okay. But he's 41, and we know he at this point he's not going to play a sizable workload. I've wondered maybe that happens right at the end of the season, but I'm not sure. So if Anderson can't play a full workload, and you can't trust Comrie, which we've got that written in stone now, right? You cannot trust Eric Comrie. So For the 1A goalie position, because Anderson's going to be 1B by volume. He's going to be 1B. Who's going to be 1A? I'm ruling out Anderson because of the age, and I'm ruling out Comrie. So it's up to Lukanen. And I'm not saying Lukanen can't do it, but you're relying on him. It's him or bust for to be your 1A goaltender. And to me, what Talbot presents from Ottawa is a second option to carry the brunt of the workload. That's not just Lukanen. Because you're going to, I think that is, that is the biggest hole on the Sabres roster right now. Who the goalie is that plays the most minutes and plays the most games. That's their biggest hole right now. And Talbot, he would not solve it, but he would be a better option. He would be an upgrade over what you've currently got. And I think the numbers prove that. And the other thing is price. Let's look at what the price might be. I've looked at some comparables over the past couple of years. And even I can go way back. If you want a Sabre comparison, Jonas Enroth, once upon a time, got traded for a third-round pick at the deadline. Goalies do not cost that much. Rental goalies, especially one that is 35 and has debatably average numbers, not going to cost you all that much. I would be stunned looking at recent recent 
trades of the past three, four deadlines. I would be stunned if that deal cost the Sabres more than a third round pick. And it might even be cheaper. A fourth round pick, send them Comrie back just to allow him to stay in the NHL and to free up a roster spot. Comrie in a third, Comrie in a fourth. I think that's about what it would cost at the maximum. And it depends again what the market is. I got two other teams here that might be involved. Maybe my third round pick is more valuable to Ottawa than Vegas um, or LA. A third round pick or a fourth round pick is nothing. I am at a point now with picks. I don't care what it is past the second round. If a third round pick cut might mean the difference between the Sabres making the playoffs and not, I think it's worth it. So the price is not that bad. He is an upgrade. No, he doesn't fix the problem like a UC Saros would. And I don't think he's even as good an option as Jonas, Jonas Corposalo is in Columbus. But this guy's available. He is a rental. So you don't have to worry about him next year if, if it doesn't work out. And he allows you to give yourself options so that it's not Lukanen or bust for the guy that plays the most games from here until the end of the season. So I like the Talbot idea a lot. And again, Andy Strickland, reputable reporter, saying that the Sabres are in the final three. Uh, if I could, you know, if I could, you know, pin it down to that. Three teams, they're one of three teams listed that could make this move. When we come back, a quick preview of Sabres and Capitals before we get out of here, here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. All right, welcome back. Lockdown Sabres podcast, Joe DiBiase. The Buffalo Sabres will face the Washington Capitals uh, on Sunday afternoon, that's a one o'clock puck drop, and we'll see if the Sabres are in a playoff spot by then. It's the end of the second period, a time of recording, and the Blues and the Penguins are tied at 1-1, and that result will depend on whether the Sabres are in a spot. Now, the current standings, Washington, after winning on Friday night, are now, or excuse me, winning on Saturday afternoon against the Rangers, are tied with Buffalo in the standings with 64 points, but the Sabres have four games in hand. So points percentage, they are well above Washington. Washington had a six-game losing streak snapped with that win over the Rangers. But I'm going to hold to it. I think they're toast. They traded Dimitri Orlov. They traded Garrett Hathaway. I think they're toast. Toast. Alex Ovechkin re-entering the lineup is a big boost back for them. Um, But they're old. And if you look around at what's been going wrong for them the past couple of games, it's kind of everything. Uh, Darcy Kemper has not held up for them as their starting goaltender. The blue line, the blue line is one of the worst in hockey. They've got a first pair right now of Martin Fahervery. Ever heard of him? I hardly have. Nick Jensen on their top pair. Eric Gustafson, Trevor Van Riemsdyk, and then Matt Irwin, who was a bad Sabre defenseman like four years ago, and Dylan McElrath. That's maybe the worst six defensemen in hockey. And then the forward groups, they just haven't really been scoring. And sure, Ovechkin will help with that. But they're not, man, they're just not scoring enough. They're not the Sabres. They're not a team to me anymore that is capable of overcoming their weaknesses defensively. The Sabres are. So I think Washington is an older and less dynamic version of what Buffalo is. So I think the Sabres are a good favorite to win this game. Uh, I would make them the favorite, and I'll check our odds at FanDuel Sportsbook. Um, I believe they are the favorite. They're at home, too. They have to be, right? Yeah, tomorrow's game, the Sabres are 
minus 115 on the money line. So I guess closer to 50-50 than I would have thought. I would bet that. One sneaky good bet for you on Sunday afternoon. I would take the Sabres money line, minus 115. I know they're not great at home this year, but I would pick them to beat Washington. So 1 o'clock puck drop. Um, By the way, we should actually know who their starting goaltender is. Uh, Actually, Kemper, I didn't really need to mention him because he started Saturday afternoon against uh, the Rangers. So he's not going to play on Sunday against the Sabres. So they'll be on the second of a back-to-back. And I'd imagine, who's their backup goaltender? Well, let me pull that up for you real quick. Their backup goaltender is Charlie Lindgren. So I'd imagine it's going to be Charlie Lindgren between the pipes for the Capitals. And Lindgren's numbers on the season, he's at a 9.06 save percentage, 57% quality start. So actually not that bad. So the backup goalie's actually been fine this year. Um, but he is the backup, and he'll be playing against the Sabres on Sunday. So enjoy the game on Sunday. Hopefully when I talk to you next on Monday, they'll be in a playoff spot. We'll see. We got this Pittsburgh game to see what happens. And then we got Saturday as well. Thanks for listening to Lockdown Sabres. Sabres in the playoff spot. We'll love, love covering this the rest of the way for you here on Locked on Sabres.